I've been in office since 2008. I have never actually breached the conflict of interest legislation. Ms. Smith cannot say the same. Well, I hey, guess I guess you you did have an MLA who hacked our health care system. I can I can tell you. Do you that really in, in, want in to talk about can, our candidates tell you, and our MLAs? Well, like, I, seriously, I, I do not I think you're going to you. win that one. Yeah, I mean, that I is have to not tell you. one you want to do. That's what it sounded like last Thursday during the televised election debate between Alberta's sitting premier, Danielle Smith, of the United Conservative Party, and her rival, Rachel Notley, the former NDP premier until four years ago. She's currently leader of the opposition. Advanced polls just opened Tuesday ahead of the election, which is Monday, May 29th. And most pollsters say the outcome is too close to call, whether Smith will be sent back for a full second term or be turfed out after a series of controversies that have also impacted the 15,000 Jewish residents in Alberta. For example, Smith recently had to apologize again for comments she made on a broadcast in 2021 during the pandemic when she compared 75% of Albertans who got vaccinated against COVID-19 to followers of the Nazis in the Second World War. She's also linked to a known anti-Semitic conspiracy website from her personal blog writing about global finance. And earlier this year, a member of her newly appointed Multicultural Advisory Council had to resign just three days after taking the job because he'd published anti-Semitic social media posts. But Alberta's Jewish community has other pressing issues to consider when they vote in this election too, like affordability and healthcare funding and the economy, and especially about climate change, since spring wildfires have now burnt more forests so far this year in northern Alberta than ever before and have caused terrible air quality conditions north of Edmonton and even in Calgary. There is no doubt that this is going to be a very close election and just about any little thing that happens between now and voting day could swing things one way or the other. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Wednesday, May 24th, 2023. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, and we're sponsored by Metropia. I was just in Calgary on May 11th to speak for Jewish Heritage Month, and it was just a few days after the NDP published that old tape of Danielle Smith comparing vaccinated Albertans to people who would have followed the Nazis. The Calgary Jewish Federation said they'd already commented on these remarks when the tape came out the first time in 2021, and so they weren't going to comment again during an election period. Edmonton's Jewish Federation wouldn't comment either, and neither would CJA, the Center for Israel and Jewish Affairs. But I have assembled a panel of three prominent Jewish leaders from Alberta with plenty to say about what's at stake in the coming election. And joining me now from Calgary are Maxine Fishbein. She's a journalist and a former Federation volunteer. Abe Silverman is a Holocaust survivor in Edmonton. He runs Brene Brith in the region, and he also sits on the province's Anti-Racism Strategy Committee. And Lawrence Abbott is a professor at the University of Alberta in Edmonton. He served two terms as president of the city's Beth Shalom Synagogue. Welcome to you all. Honored to be here. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Alan. Well, thank you all for coming on and uh, talking about, about the fire situation, because I know it's been impacting the communities. Uh, very, very strongly. And then, of course, the upcoming Alberta election and what's at stake and what the Jewish community thinks about. So before we get into the po- the politics, although this could actually impact politics, too, uh, I know recently, Maxine, uh, you're in Calgary. The air looked like pea soup. What's it like now and, and how was it? Uh, yeah, that was really, really awful. Um, we really just had to close windows, stay indoors, 
the advice from Environment, uh, Environment Canada and uh, doctors was not to go out in it if you could avoid it. And we pretty well uh, hunkered down. Unfortunately, we'd left the windows open overnight uh, and therefore uh, woke up feeling like we had forest fires in, you know, in our mouths and noses. It was pretty rough. Um, but we knew that it was way worse, way worse uh, for all the folks north of Edmonton who were being evacuated. Some of them lost everything. And Abe, what about where you are? You're also in Edmonton. How's it impacted the Jewish community, if at all? Uh, are there gang refugees at the synagogues or what's happening? Uh, yes, it's smoky out there, but I remember also well uh, uh, some years ago when they had severe fires in the Okanagan and British Columbia, and it was 10 times worse at that time. And uh, in Edmonton and in Calgary, so All right. But I mean, let's talk about this because is this impacting the the election? This climate change and uh, forest fire fighting. I think the forest fires and the reaction of the uh, UCP government to those forest fires may actually benefit uh, uh, the UCP in the election. Um, I hear a lot of uh, of uh, positive things being said about the response to those fires on behalf of the government. So we'll have to wait and see. Well, I, I think I have to disagree with that. There's, uh, there's been a lot of dissatisfaction, I think, uh, with the UCP about having cut uh, emergency firefighting budgets and then ending, ending up in a crisis uh, uh, situation. There are those who, who really think that Danielle Smith looked quite premierly as she started speaking to Albertans about uh, the wildfires and the steps that were being taken to mitigate. But on the other hand, some people were really a little bit annoyed at the visible manner in which she hip-checked the experts out of the way in order to dominate the um, the microphone. So there, there's feelings on all sides of that one, really. Well, I, I, I didn't want to turn this into a debate, uh, but um, a lot of the cuts that were made, of course, had to do with safety issues and budgeting issues and what have you. I think it's pretty clear that the UCP government has thrown a billion dollars uh, at uh, emergency issues, so there, there's no lack of money and resources that are being thrown at it, and uh, I think that bodes well. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, uh, there is a controversy out there. We are deeply divided in this province. If I was a betting man, I, I would bet on, uh, for either side winning because it's a toss-up. And uh, we'll have to wait and see what the end results are going to be. I think what we can say with certainty is that uh, Edmonton is going to go probably uh, entirely NDP. Uh, their case in the do may uh, hold on to a seat, but that's still up in the air. And in Calgary, it looks like uh, the UCP will still dominate. Are there any Jewish candidates or any people that are running we should know about? I cannot stress enough, and I and I am not partisan here. I, I I'm not allowed to be partisan. My job doesn't allow me to be partisan. I'm just stating facts. 
what uh, members of this UCP caucus has done for us in the Jewish community is unprecedented. Uh, we have some incredible friends within that caucus, and I would be very sad to see them go. Oh, that's like names, like for sure. Uh, Tyler Shandro, Casey McDo, uh, the uh, Minister of Advanced Education, uh, uh, his name escapes me, uh, Whitney Isaac, uh, LaGrange, right? I, I can go on and on and on. Uh, we do have incredible, I sat in the gallery at the Alberta Ledge when the motion, Richard Godfrey brought the motion to the floor of the of the entire legislature to adopt the IRA definition. And when Whitney and Richard and uh, and uh, the uh, MLA from Wood Buffalo, uh, Fort McMurray uh, spoke, I cried like a baby. Uh, and I haven't cried, I'm 81 years old. It's been a long time since I cried the way I did when I heard the incredible words that they spoken in support of the adoption of the IRA definition. What does it mean to the Jewish community that the uh, Alberta adopted IRA in September before Manitoba, before Saskatchewan? Well, these things are, of course, always uh, like uh, critically important. You know, this is the impact uh, uh, that the Holocaust had shaped the, you know, the Gentiles community's perception of Jews for a long time. And, uh, and, and that is waning, you know, it's withering away. And so these, these kinds of things are really critical to us. I, I wouldn't say, you know, and, and certainly, you know, Abe, Abe and Maxine might disagree. I wouldn't say that Alberta is, and, and Edmonton in particular, is a particular sort of hotbed of, of anti-Semitism. But uh, these kinds of things matter that we don't want somebody else coming up with the definition of, of anti-Semitism and saying that this is what it is. And uh, it, we should get to um, have a stay, a significant stake in, in what anti-Semitism is. So I, I, I have to interject here. We had been able to do an audit every yeah. year, have done so for the last 40 years. In the 2022 audit, Alberta had a 26% decrease in reported anti-Semitic incidences. So I think we're doing quite well here in Alberta. All right, about that, did you guys want to weigh in on which party's better for the Jews? What are the Jewish community, where do they usually vote? Can, can I weigh in here? Sure. Uh, you know, I, I think it's dangerous and probably wrong to look at the com Jewish community as a monolith. I would say that there are Jews uh, supporting the NDP. There are Jews supporting the UCP. You know, uh, there are volunteers in both camps for sure. So I don't think the Jews vote in, in uh, any, any particular direction. So I, I think it's important off the bat to point that out. And I think while the many, uh, most probably in the Jewish community were really thrilled about the IRA definition, I'm not sure how much that's calculating into their decisions at, at the polls in this election. I think the Jewish community is a microcosm, really, of the society we find ourselves in here. And um, the concerns of voters that are expressed in general about economy, uh, about education, 
uh, about climate, about affordability. Those are all very much front of mind with the people in the Jewish community who I've been speaking with, for sure. Do you want to weigh in on that, Lawrence? Yeah, no, I, I, uh, there, I, I certainly don't disagree uh, on that. You know, we, we have both here and in Calgary, uh, you know, fairly small Jewish communities where we're unlikely to be able to have any impact to swing an election one way or the other for anybody. The, the same kinds of, of issues. I, you know, I'm a, a parent of a, a child who's about to start university. And, uh, and so certainly we need more funding for building schools. We need sufficient funding to ensure that there are enough teachers and teachers are well prepared and well supported. Healthcare always, these, these are the, the same kinds of things, you know, we have uh, here based on my experience with the, with the shul, an aging population. And uh, and certainly where the needs, where healthcare needs are, are really critically important. And so those are the kinds of things that, that really matter. And of course, the cost of everything is going up. Right. But Alberta also has to deal with the follow. First of all, the other day, the premier was found to be in conflict of interest for trying to finagle the outcome of uh, the trucker uh, preacher who was facing criminal charges and an old tape resurfaced where she talks about comparing people who took the COVID vaccine to people who followed Hitler, which then all, yeah. you know, fewer hubbub broke loose. This is something that must weigh on the Jewish community because of those things. Abe, I want to start with you as a B'nai B'rith official. When you have a premier who does these sort of dog whistle tropes, what does that do to the Jewish community's trust in her? So, of course, we called out the premier for those remarks. Uh, she did uh, voice an apology. Was it sufficient? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I was deeply offended by those remarks. But uh, Danielle Smith is not the only member of the UCP party. She is obviously been a problem. I hope that she does clean up her act. I think if I can presume that I have the ear of the voters and uh, the Jewish voters in Alberta, I think that their attitudes are already baked in. I, I think it's not... Uh, a wild speculation to say that uh, young people, uh, uh, people of my uh, grandchildren's age who are voting age, are going to vote NDP, and those of my age uh, probably will vote uh, UCP. There seems to be uh, a generational divide on uh, how votes are cast for particular parties these days. So uh, I, I think the UCP party would have been better off without uh, their leader making uh, such offensive remarks. And you have to remember that the uh, the analogy between uh, Hitler and the Holocaust was before she became the premier, but it is no less offensive, that's for sure. I'm not uh, convinced that it's splitting only along demographic, uh, age demographic lines. I, I I have spoken to a lot of people who are dyed-in-the-wool conservatives for whom these ethics violations and these equivalencies with the Holocaust are really playing in to their decisions in this election. Some are going to go to the polls and are going to cast a vote that they feel very, very uneasy about. I'm getting the feeling that there's going to be a bit of negative voting going on uh, where people are voting differently than they might have. And, uh, you know, when you look at something like Jennifer Johnson, the um, candidate in Olds, 
uh, Lacombe comparing transgendered kids to poop in the cookie recipe that are actually referring to human beings as contaminants. That's a big, big problem for the party. And, you know, Danielle Smith finally, right ahead of the uh, uh, debate, really said, okay, she won't be allowed to sit should she be successful in, um, in the election. But, you know, uh, people are uneasy. I can't imagine how a Holocaust survivor feels when a child is referred to as a contaminant, like that brings up some pretty, brings back some pretty heavy baggage for people in the Jewish community. Don't disagree with that at all. Uh, I think uh, the move to keep her from joining caucus if she's elected is the right move to make. And unfortunately, uh, during uh, a, uh, an election cycle, we do get these crazies that come out of the woodwork and, and say terrible things. Uh, I think we need to call them up. Uh, but what degree that's going to affect uh, the end result of the election remains to be seen. I'm, I'm convinced it's not going to take much to swing uh, the voters one way or the other. Can I follow up on that point very, very quickly? Because I sit in Calgary, Glenmore. You know, in uh, in 2015, the seat was won by the NDP almost unbelievably uh, that uh, an NDP leader would have won in a true blue constituency like this. And do you know, Anam Kazam won by six votes. It took a long time to determine that particular one because there had to be recounts. There had to be a judicial review. And when they say, uh, a lot of the pundits are, are saying that it's going to come down to Calgary and maybe six or seven constituencies. You know what, Lawrence, you said we're, we're not a big enough community to sway things one way or another. Uh, but when it's razor thin like that and every vote may make a difference, it could push one candidate or the other uh, over uh, over the goal line. I want to ask you about the NDP. We focused mostly on, uh, you know, all pile on Danielle Smith, which is what, you know, she's like the Doug Ford of, of Canada, right? And and people are understanding what we had to deal with in Ontario when during the elections. And he also elbowed the health people out of the limelight during COVID. He was the spokesman. It's kind of their style. But in terms of the NDP, there has been some talk that ex-Premier Notley has had to sort of distance herself from the federal NDP's policies, which are pro-BDS and uh, problematic for people who are supportive of Israel's pro-Israel Zionism uh, and the way they deal with the Palestinians. And so I wonder if that is an issue at all because of the two that are, they're not connected, but NDP Jagmeet Singh and the NDP policies in, in Alberta. Well, I think that what Heather McPherson uh, says publicly has an impact on uh, the NDP government or the NDP uh, party in Alberta. At least it would have within the Jewish community and those outside of the Jewish community that are very strong supporters of, uh, of Israel. And let's remember that Alberta has a large evangelical community that are 
very strong supporters of Israel. So absolutely, I think it does have an impact. Well, I think, again, it's all over the place, Ellen. It depends on each individual's priorities, really. I've spoken with some people who are super, super concerned about uh, the NDP and its stance on Israel at uh, the federal level. But when they look at um, this election, they are preferring to hold their noses on that issue and still cast a vote for, for the NDP. There are some people uh, for whom that isn't uh, top, uh, top of the pile. Lawrence, you've been quiet on that. Did you want? Yeah, I, you know, this is yeah. It's I, I don't think this is again is is one of those issues that is going to be a determining factor in in in, in the direction that somebody is going to vote. Certainly, the goal of any sort of legislature in any part of the world deciding to have a debate about how how somewhere else is governed is uh, problematic, and I think a, a gigantic waste of time. And it isn't going to have an impact, uh, I think, on national, on, on government policy. As much as I say we hold our noses or we find a lot of this stuff when these things come up really distasteful and uh, cross-cut with, with uh, you know, multifaceted ignorances um, that, uh, that, you know, feed and fuel the, these kinds of discussions, I think there are bigger and more local issues that matter to people more than this. Well, I've learned a lot. I'm so happy to have had all three of you on to give me your perspectives and give our listeners and viewers an insight into what's at stake. Thank you so, so much for being on the CJN Daily. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. That's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Mavina Rapko in Saskatoon. And we'll be doing an episode soon on the renovation and reopening of the historic Agudas Israel Synagogue there. We'll end the show with a note that you should check out the CJN's website for my new story on Benjamins, the Jewish funeral home operators in Toronto. The company was in court yesterday trying to quash two rulings by the province's bereavement authority about their business practices. The case began last year with a complaint launched by a bereaved Toronto family whose 19-year-old son Liam Ziesman died in 2022. The court has reserved judgment and, of course, we will keep an eye on this case when the ruling is issued. Thanks again for listening to the CJN Daily. Mm-hmm.